You just got beer on my laptop, you asshole. Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's a hazard, man. It's just hazard of the job, you know. You know, when you're some when people do construction work and some people crack beer on computers, so I think it'll be all right. It looks no, it's it's totally, it looks durable. It's, it's, it's totally fine. I'm okay with it because we're drinking out of some Yingling Tall Boys today. I didn't know these existed. Sixteen ounce cans. This is a good find. I'd never seen. I've only ever seen the bottles in the 12-ounce cans. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. And I went to the gas station on the way here, and what do you know? Learn something new every day. Struck gold. <laughs> well. Just as good as always. It's hot outside. It's getting hotter and hotter. It's humid as hell yesterday. I saw Josh Bricky posted earlier something that said, send help. Uh, who's a percussion captain at the Crossman, I guess. It was a screenshot of the weather forecast for the week and every day it was like a high of 98 oh my god and you know it's probably humid too are they are they in um, san, antonio. san antonio good old yeah. crossman move-ins that drum. sounds terrible i can't believe we're already back at drum corps again the off season went by quick the little little brief gap in between you get like a three weeks or some cores get three weeks i know blue coats are on like day 11 of spring training already well, I know. Well, especially like the battery, because a lot of the times the drum line will do early move-ins, and then the core, the brass and guard will join them like a week later. We did early move-ins both years I was at Crown. We never did either of the summers I marched. I know Crown's drum line did early move-ins this year, like so they've been there for almost probably two so, weeks. The summer's already so long, man. So long. All right, before we go any further, welcome everyone to the Aged Out Podcast with Mike Fantini and Evan Worrell. A little inflection. A little inflection. You get a little uptick. All right, all right. It's optimistic. <laughs> uh, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram, like our Facebook page. It's all just called Aged Out Podcast, one word. Um, all Every subscription helps. So keep telling your friends. We've been seeing some steady growth. Interested to see where this thing can go down the road. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about spring training because obviously that's what's going on in the drum corps activity right now. Everyone is sweating every day for 12 hours and trying to cram as much music and drill and body movement into their brains that they can. Um, and they also, their bodies also hate them right now because they're sleeping maybe seven hours a night and running for 10 hours out of that 12 hour day, every day right now. You're trying to eat as much calories as they can to sustain the amount of energy they're putting out. That was always the- Screen great. training is the worst, dude. It, well. It's definitely the worst part of tour. Yes. You're stuck in one place for like a month. You don't get to go anywhere. You're not really getting the benefit or the adrenaline rush you get from like doing shows. You're just learning, 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 cramming, cramming, cramming. Hurting, hurting, hurting. Yeah. Working on that, getting that sunburn in and out so you don't burn the rest of the summer. If you screw up on sunscreen one day and you get burnt... You're done. It's gonna like, take you a while to it's recover. Bad. Like it's not. It's not, not a good like you thing. get days out of the sun. We're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta let my sunscreen or my yeah, sunburn set in. You just gotta hope you don't die. Nah, man, you gotta get out there. <laughs> yeah, it's not. You, you can't. You gotta stay on that. Uh, I actually, I know it's a big thing. I, there was a tuba player in the Blue Stars who had marched in 09, or maybe it was 08. Either way, he had taken 09 off because he got skin cancer. Um. Basically from 08, I think, or something. And I didn't know this. The whole, sucks. So he took uh, 09 off to get healthy and take care of that. And then t- marched his age out in 10, I think. And I, I never knew that's why. Um, I never knew this about him until midway through the summer because he always wore an Under Armour shirt. 
oh, with yeah. sleeves yeah. every day outside. Like he never had a shirt off like everybody else. Now it was it was the cool gears, but still it had to yeah. be annoying. And one day I finally asked someone, like, why is he not taking his shirt off? And like, oh, he didn't march last summer because he got skin cancer after his first summer because he didn't wear enough sunscreen and was an idiot. And I was like, oh my god. I always made sure that I wore a lot of sunscreen, yeah. especially starting out. And then after a while, you can skimp. You a can like bit. skimp a little bit until you get to Texas, and then you got to start reapply again. Yes, because the Texas heat is no joke. I remember I always felt bad for like pale people, or <sighs> we had a trumpet player yeah, at Blue Coats who was have to a reapply ghost. like on water breaks and stuff. No, seriously, there was a trumpet player um, when I was in the Blue Coats who his name was Cole. And this, I think he was had just graduated high school, maybe he finished freshman year of college. He was whiter than any person I've ever seen. He was Casper. He was redhead, um, as most people that are that pale are, um, straight up ginger. And I don't, I felt so bad for this kid all summer because he was wearing SPF a million, like the kind <laughs> SPF. I laugh at the sun. Yeah, the, the kind that doesn't rub into your skin. Like you have white paste on your body the whole time. <laughs> like it never soaks in. It's basically you're just putting a coat of stuff over your skin yeah. so the sun rays never touch your body. And one day he screwed up and didn't he – he wore a white T-shirt every day too. He, was, he never had a shirt off. Uh, he burnt his upper chest one day. Oh, and like miserable. we're talking like blisters. Like sun poisoning. Like sun poisoning, blistering. Uh, all right. We got to change subjects. Yeah. Well, there was – I will say you said the ginger. There's one ginger oh, that I marched with that did not – that he – Contrary he, to popular belief, they do have souls. He did. He would tan, like, relatively speaking, and he wore sunscreen, but he didn't burn. Andy Alfred, he would get tan. It really? was the weirdest thing. Huh? Yeah, but good for him. The fake ginger. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> spring training. So everybody's kind of yeah. in the thick so of it. Like, like I said, today's goal is we're going to talk about spring training. We're going to tell some funny slash ridiculous <laughs> stories from when we marched, and we'll just see where it takes us. So for those that don't know, spring training is the beginning of tour of, of the drum corps season where the cores move in and have about a four-week period where you're in one spot, as Evan said a few minutes ago, learning your show, learning your music, getting in shape, getting basically trying to suck less because everyone's bad in the middle of May when they first get there. Yeah. Everyone's bad. And so that is the, the suck month where you just beat the crap out of yourself until you go on tour. Um so and really like you're out of shape too because they do some like running stuff sometimes you can prepare but you you can never fully prepare for that kind of so as much as they're doing like learning the show music and drill they're also waking up in the morning and running like to build cardio Mm -hmm. or doing pt crunches to build core strength uh yoga because there's so much ballet in the shows Mm -hmm. now and dancing and stuff um so they're doing so much of that stuff and part of that gives me like slight ptsd when i think about that i'm like thank god that i'm not doing that i, th- right I think now. it was last summer when because our friends of ours teach at various drum corps and whatnot and i think it was like at the end of the what would be the first week of spring training we, we saw like some photographs and posts from people that were teaching and marching and i think i texted evan and said thank god we're not at spring <laughs> training right now yeah that just sounds miserable now it, it's worth it because if it wasn't worth it <laughs> You wouldn't have repeat members in drum corps ever. So I don't know if it's Rose man. Can- well, you like you're coming off a high of WGI or like when we there was no WGI. You're coming off a high of the season before. The last thing you remember is like performing finals week, and then Which you're is like awesome. 
complete elation, and then you're like, oh man, I got to do this again to get to that finals week result. Exactly. And then, so, it, and then you get, then it's like the third day of spring training, and you just think to yourself, why did I do this? This is I could be like at the pool playing Xbox, watching movies, like hanging out with my friends, but you, you get through. You're you're stronger because of it. You, it builds a mental toughness that I think is one of the greatest aspects of doing this activity. It gives you a leg up on everybody else because you know what it truly means to push yourself in that way, which most people nowadays never experience doing. It's funny that you said that about like you could be doing other stuff. I was looking through my Time Hop. Do you know what Time Hop is? Yeah. So the app that will track back through all your like most past recent posts or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it was uh, the one from yesterday was Audrey, my current wife, who was then my girlfriend, sending me like a. A Facebook post like, haha, I'm laying out in your pool, which I'm sure is more relaxing than what you're doing right now. Like in the middle of spring training. That's just mean. So I get that probably pops up on my oh. phone while I'm laying down after getting my butt kicked all day. And she's like been sitting at my parents' house in my pool. I'm just like, oh my gosh. You wanted to, you wanted <laughs> Social to... media almost makes it worse. You see the outside world and you're like, no. Well, see, that's a weird, it's an interesting thing because I didn't have a smartphone in 2010. That sucks for you. <laughs> I did not. I did not have a smartphone yet when I marched in 2010, and I did have one in 2012, two years later. And the the difference was, I mean, I felt I was truly disconnected from everything in 2010, except like texting my friends and my family. I didn't have internet access. I didn't have um, any of that stuff. So it was it was definitely interesting having done. Both both ways, and honestly, I kind of liked the removal of everything, like going that, off the grid basically for three months was kind of nice. That's actually kind of how my '09 nine spring training was at Crown. I I had a flip phone, and the screen broke <laughs> to where I couldn't even see the screen. I could answer phone calls, and I could call people if I had their number memorized, which I did fairly well. Uh, but I had to wait. It was like almost until we were done for spring training. My dad was actually going to come on tour to volunteer because he loves it he can't get enough of it but he was going to bring me a replacement phone uh so i had to wait up until that point but for i'll just kind of recap i guess our spring training so i did both mine at crown um 2009 2010 they still house the current crown members at the same spring training site that i was at which is gardner webb university which at the time i did not realize was as amazing as it truly is that's probably the best spring training facility out of almost any drum corps. Has to be. Um, I can't think of anybody that has it better. I know BDs is not better, even though they treat their members super well. Their housing, well, they B- you house yourself at BD during spring. Yeah, training. they had to like stay. You had to like split a like a apartment, apartment no, with they like rent, ten other people. Seriously, when you march Blue Devils, they don't house you. Like like Blue Coats, I stayed in a dorm room. Evan stayed in a dorm room at Crown at Gardner Webb. Mm-hmm. Blue Devils basically tell you like you have to lease an apartment or something with people for the for for one month yeah. while we're there rehearsing every day, and you have to transport yourself from your apartment to the rehearsal facility, be on time, all these things, and that's just I don't know how they do that. I, I would say that's probably the only part of their tour that's subpar, but they probably save a bunch of money. By oh, they doing that. for sure save money, um, so it makes sense. But anyway, Gardner Webb is the mecca of spring training tours and i'll stick to that until somebody else shows me something otherwise but even though you were at denison at blue coats wasn't that i great. still don't think it was any it wasn't away. that great i mean the difference too is when we were at spring training on the weekdays monday through friday we would eat three meals breakfast lunch and dinner 
in the school's cafeteria. So not off the food truck. Go home, I hate you. So we, in the cafeteria, would always have like eggs, bacon, whatever, or cereal, whatever you want for breakfast. And at lunch and dinner, they always had a salad bar stocked to the brim, some sort of entrees with pizza, hamburgers, or like fried chicken, blah, 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 this and that. And they had like ice cream machines and like scoop ice cream. So you could just eat like a king for like the weekdays. Your old food truck is great on the road too. <laughs> but then on the weekend, we'd be like, man, we got to eat off the food truck. This sucks. <laughs> Oh, man, first world problems. Dude, your, <laughs> his spring tra- spring training experience. Now, my Blue Coats experience was way better than my Blue Stars experience. Blue Stars, we housed, we, we had we had five weeks of spring training that year instead of four. So we got the bonus week, which was just amazing, let me tell you. So the first three weeks were at the Indianapolis State Fairgrounds, which, no, we didn't get dorms. There was no anything like that. No, no cots, no beds. You basically... There were two levels, or one bottom floor of this three-story building on the fairgrounds that we stayed in, and the guys had all their sleeping stuff on one side, and the girl, and like sleeping stuff, I mean like your tour spread. Yeah. Like your air mattress, your sleeping bags, like that's what we slept on during spring training. And for me, as a first-time drum corps person, I just thought that's how it was. I thought everyone (laughs) slept like that, I thought everyone was housed like this, on concrete floor, basically. Uh, the place where we ate and slept and showered was maybe a little under a half a mile walk to any of the rehearsal fields, which was a middle school for the blind that they let us use for three weeks. All right. Uh, so you had to walk out the building with your backpack and everything you needed for rehearsal for whatever block that was, walk just under half a mile probably to these three fields. One was a, like a high school type low, like not a nice football stadium. And then we had two other grass fields around it where we just painted football fields on and just um, um, measured it off. And so there's that. Now, our food was pretty good. They actually they had a full kitchen in that building. So our we ate pretty well during spring training. Sounds Those like purgatory compared to my spring training. It basically was. <laughs> and so not only did we have to walk that far to get there in the morning, but we had to walk back for every meal. So we're walking almost a mile between every block with all of our gear to get to and from rehearsal and where we sleep and eat and, and shower and are housed. And that was three weeks. And then we went up to Wisconsin where the Blue Stars are actually from and housed just at a high school. Like we would have a normal housing site, like sleeping in their gym for two weeks uh, and using their fields in like random terrible hilly grass fields. So, so you had two fields that both sucked. Uh, basically all of our spring training fields at both sites were not that great. What? No turf, no nothing. Like it was, well, it was scraping the bottom of the barrel. And I didn't, again, at the time I didn't realize how good or bad it was. It was my first time doing drum corps. I hadn't really talked to anyone that, I I mean, I was friends with Evan my freshman year at Moorhead, his sophomore year. And so he told me things about Crown in 09, but I didn't really get it. I didn't really pay attention that much. Dude, we, uh, we had four fields in spring training and... Although none of them were turf, uh, which now one of them is the Gardner Webb. The stadium is turf now, but the stadium then was grass. But we had four fields. Um, we had I think they're all named after Aqua Teen Hunger Force. We named them <laughs> Spaghetti, uh, Sand Banana Beach because it was always like sandy kind of grass up there, like and then and, stuff. and then Thunder Pussy was the last one, Jeez. which ironically was also uh, or the guard <laughs> <laughs> rehearsed the most. Um, oh, but, but I, and then we had the stadium, which we would go in for ensemble at night, most nights, not every night, but most nights we would. 
So we had four fields. So basically, the drumline had a field, uh, color guard had a field, brass had a field, and then we had an ensemble field. So it was pretty uh, luxurious, I guess you could say. And now the now the stadium there is turf, so it's even better. <sighs> but the I guess the downside of that, and plus it was the plus side and the staff size, but the downside. I think it was 09. I honestly can't remember which year it was, 09 or 2010. But for most of spring training that year, it rained like almost every day. But they were like, well, we got to learn the show. So, uh, yeah, just get out there. We're going to learn dots in the rain. We're going to drum in the rain. We're going to march the show in the rain. So I think at one point... Just use the old drums. We're sending them back to the company. I think at one point people were like putting their feet in like grocery bags and then like, putting, that, and then in their putting shoes. that in their shoes to try to keep their socks as dry as possible. It's going to be bad for blisters. <laughs> sure it was, but I mean, wet soggy socks isn't Dude, great for wet blisters. Wet socks either. are like my biggest pet peeve. Uh, if I put a fresh pair of socks on and step in a little bit of water in the bathroom, it's over. I have to change socks. It's so, I, I couldn't have done It's it. the worst, man. Just having soggy socks and soggy shoes. And we were just out there grinding like, well, got to get after it. Gotta get, can't fall behind. Oh my god, that sounds terrible. I think it was 2009 that it rained that. No, everyone long. listening to this podcast is like, why do I want to do drum corps again? <laughs> if they haven't done it yet. Because it's the experience of a lifetime. Yeah, but yeah, and so then moving to my blue coats experience, it was a step up um, from blue stars because for a couple of reasons. One, we stayed in dorm buildings. However, they were old and had no central AC, so it's. June and May when it's really hot outside and no air conditioning in our sleeping area so and where we slept. So Jeez. that sucked. And then I'm highly allergic to cottonwood. And if you've been in this part to this Midwest or whatever, it's everywhere. So for a two or three week period every year, I just can't go outside if I want to be able to live, if I don't want to be miserable the whole time. But it's right when spring training is. And so I had my fingers crossed when I moved in. Uh, luckily, Blue Stars, there was no cottonwood, so my allergies were fine that whole three weeks we were in Indianapolis and then two weeks in Wisconsin. But at uh, Denison University, where the Bluecoats uh, typically do spring training, that campus was covered in cottonwood trees. Like, it looked like it was snowing sometimes when the wind would blow because exactly all of it was blowing want. off the trees. I was sick for the entire four weeks of spring training. And I kept telling the staff we'd be... I mean, we're talking sneezing, itchy throat, itchy eyes, runny nose, keeping, we had like a pouch in our drum cover. Yeah, yeah. And most people would keep like earplugs and... Jolly Ranchers. Candy. That's what I kept in mind. Mine was filled with uh, allergy medicine and tissues uh, for the entire month of spring training. And like we're a weekend and typically I just figured at first that it was my body like adjusting to a new environment. My allergies were just freaking out and after a week I'd be fine. So the staff was like, dude, are you okay? Like, cause I'm like sneezing in the middle of reps and breaking and like in between while the staff is talking, turning around for my drum on the stand and blowing my like snot rocketing into the dirt <laughs> behind me and turning around and like my eyes are all red and like my nose is clogged up and they're just like, are you going to die? And I was like, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Jeez. The one saving grace was our drill was really easy. The <laughs> snare line had really easy drills. So it wasn't like, it wasn't that bad. My drill was not easy. And that was one of the night and day differences between... Blue Stars and Blue Coats, I had really hard drill at Blue Stars. Not only was I walking back and forth between the re- crappy rehearsal fields at Blue Stars, but I was really bad at marching because before you march drum corps the first time, everyone's bad at marching. You think you might be good, but you're really not. No, uh, not. And so I'm bad. The drill was really hard. And so that was why that was a whole different challenge. But then I was just sick for the entire four weeks of Blue Coats 
thankfully, the universe smiled on me and said, we're going to make, give you all easy drill this summer. So I wasn't, it wasn't as bad. But the crazy thing was, spring training ended. We loaded up the buses and left. The next day, I forget where we went. The next day, totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. I would say most rookies suck at marching up until about mid to late July their first year. And a lot of them still suck at finals. Like, <laughs> Hopefully not, but probably, yeah, probably. Well, they, don't, they don't suck, but they're better than they were, but you're still not that good at it. Dude, I remember coming back in 2010 for spring training, marching after I'd already had my first year oh, my yeah. belt, and I was just like, I did, here we go, we, let's we did, do this. We did marching basics and stuff at Blue Coats, and I'd done three seasons of indoor at that point and a tour with the Blue Stars, and like it was way easier doing the PT marching basic stuff early on. I remember very specifically in detail one day too, my second year, Zach Schlicker coming up to me in spring training and being like, you look awesome right now. I was like, damn right. That's I what did. you want to hear. <laughs> but I did not get that compliment my first year. No, I was bad. I was... <laughs> my first year was like, are you on the wrong foot? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I was like a joke between, uh, amongst the staff members, I was like a joke. Like, at the, I remember at our banquet finals week at Stars, <laughs> we're like in this, this room watching our Allentown run through or something and, and um, they were giving awards out for, like, most improved marcher and, like, yeah. most outstanding rookie member. And I, I walked up to the staff, the drum staff, and I was like, so am I, am I going to be that most improved uh, percussion marcher for the season? And they all just, like, <laughs> laughed at me. Because yeah, I had improved, obviously, but I still, like, was too too much hop in my step and everything. Because the drill was really hard, and I still wasn't great at it. Oh, man. And uh, this is finals week. Like, it's just, it's rough. It was, it was... Spring training was also the culprit of my one and only fall during my two seasons. We'll get into these stories next. I'll let you go first. Uh, But that year, like I said, I'm I'm almost definitely sure it was 09 now that I'm thinking about the pileup that happened and the people that were involved. It was a pileup? Yeah, dude. We had like this blind move. We're like going back and to the right. And like you can't, I couldn't really see everybody. Um, So we're like moving back at a diagonal to the right. And it's, like, really rainy. The field is in crap condition. We have, like, this super hard direction changes pretty much everywhere. And this one kid, I remember started with a tenor player, just, like, went to, like, cross over his legs, like, Mm -hmm. going from forwards to backwards and also changing from forwards to front the opposite direction. So he went to, like, change directions. um, And he, in, in the process of wrapping his left leg around his right to change, he just kind of caught his leg. And it's basically, in my mind, resembles one of those fainting goats. Like, your legs just, like, lock up and they fall straight over. Like, there's no chance. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he bit it. And then we're all just going that direction towards this. And, like, you can't really see that the person behind you to the right of you is already on the ground. not at all. So... Yeah, I ended up on the ground. I remember I was just like looked around. I was like, "What happened?" I just like felt like I got out of a tornado. But oh, like man. four or five of us are just on the ground, and we're all pissed that we fell. And I mean, of course, it wasn't it wasn't so much somebody to blame, but we had somebody to blame. But <laughs> it's, all, it's all there's always a cause for a fall. It wasn't like I just fell like on my own, but. Yeah, it sucked. So I have I have two really good falling stories from my first summer. So I've already mentioned multiple times that our drill was really hard at the Blue Stars when I was there, and we're learning a part of our closer. Um, I think it was we're actually we weren't learning it. We were in battery sectionals, so it was just the drum line on our practice field, and we were rehearsing the last probably 
five, six moves of the show. And it started with, like, the first move into the second move was a tough direction change. Yeah. So the first move was forward left at an angle where we ended up in a diagonal line with respect to the front sideline. So, and I was one in. So, um, we're at that angle. And we come into it with not that big of steps, and we hold there and play something. And we're all facing front field, but we're at an angle like this. Yeah. So I can see one guy to my front right, and the whole snare line's behind me at, to my back left in a straight line. The next move came out of the hold, and our side of the line pinwheeled back into a straight line. So me, Travis Peterman to my left, and then Alex Olivier to my right, and all 16 years of him at that point, <laughs> had to take off to get back in line, however many counts it was. Well, I, like I said, I was really bad at marching, and you've got to get a good first step. That's like the critical thing. You have to take a big enough first step. And not only did we flatten the line out, the line also shifted to the back left. So it was even bigger for that reason. <laughs> and so I was, I was not doing it. We'd done it playing, not playing a bunch of times. I couldn't get the move. And the problem was my first step was too small. So I was leaving Alex out to dry, so he was short his dot. And there was like a big space between Travis and I. So the quad tech, Brian Hanley, walked up to me and he goes, Fantini, I want you to take a bigger first. Basically, he was just calling me a wuss and making me angry, trying to get give me the energy to take a big enough first step. That was the moral of the story. It's building you up. And it worked. <laughs> no, it was tearing me down. Making me angry, <laughs> but it worked. So I was like, son of a gun. I'm, that's not what I thought. But son of a gun, I'm going to take a freaking big enough first step. So I took a big enough first step, but it was so big that... Travis Peterman will claim I stepped on his thigh. <laughs> I didn't fall from this. He fell. And no. then I was able to catch my balance. And like, I just smacked my knee on the side of my drum and had a big black bruise the rest of spring training. But he fell. He swears. I'm sure I took, he was super pleased. He was extremely happy. This rook out that was super jaded at this point. And so I, he says I stepped on his thigh. But I, I definitely stepped on something above his ankle. So it was like on his lower leg. My foot calf. I basically, I basically kicked him. <laughs> I basically kicked his lower leg. So that was hilarious. And then I, he fell, and then I smacked my knee really hard on my drum. And then my other falling story was during ensemble one night, we were working on, with the full core, the battery feature in the closer. And the form we were in at the time, it ended up changing, was the quads were in a straight line. Is this the Pirates of the Caribbean tune? Uh, yes. Dun. It wasn't actually like Pirates of the Caribbean. It definitely sounded like that. Um, So we're in a holding form with the quads and bases at an angle. Basically, the snares and quads make one big straight line at an angle from the front sideline. Yeah. And then from there, the bases are right behind the quads with enough space for the snares to thread thread between them. I actually know exactly what part you're talking about. And come out. The part wasn't the same by the end of the season. This was only over spring training. But But I know what part musically you're talking about. So... Uh, it's all the backsticking stuff, if you remember that show. Yep. So we played our stair feature, and then we threaded between the bases and quads. Well, we did that, and the bottom bass drummer, I'm pretty sure one of us screwed up. He was holding, though. So he was either holding in the right spot, or I overshot Somebody where I changed directions. Well, I came out of threading the needle, and went to go to my next direction change, and my, the back, the front, my foot caught his foot, basically. <laughs> so we're going at 196, taking big steps, and I trip over his foot. I'm telling, I fell so fast, I had no time to react. Just like I, instant, no, standing ground. Literally. I, <laughs> I went and made the direction change, caught the foot, and went from vertical 
to on my side not knowing what happened in the blink of an eye. Like, it happened so fast I had no time to tense up, which is a good thing. I didn't get hurt because of that. Um, luckily, nobody, there was no pileup or anything, but I've, I've, it was insane. Like, straight up and down, marching, catch his foot within the blink of an eye on my side on the ground. Like, in the same body alignment that I was vertically, just horizontal. Like, just, it had to be hilarious to watch as a staff. <laughs> like, like cartoon show level of falling over on my side. That's good. It was, you know, I didn't fall the rest of the summer after that, but that was, uh, I, I, I kicked Travis in the leg and then completely fell within the blink of an eye going 196. Somehow didn't get hurt at all. All right, I got another one here. So in 09, I roomed with Matt Moser, another guy on the snare line. And so for our crown schedule, which I'm sure a lot of people do this during spring training, we would wake up and do PT and run. And then after that, we would go eat breakfast. Mm-hmm. So obviously, I don't want you to eat breakfast and run. Everybody's going to be puking. Uh, so we'd wake up, run, or do PT, eat breakfast, um, do the morning block, lunch, afternoon block, dinner, night block, then snack. I remember like a couple days this happened, but we like slept through. They would have somebody come around. We were in the dorm rooms and like knock on your dorm room, wake you up, one of the drum majors, horn sergeant, somebody like that. But we just like both like sat up and looked at each other and just kind of like shook our heads and we're like, no. We just laid back down. So we finally like wake up and then you're kind of in that panicky mood like, oh crap, did we just actually sleep through? Like, <laughs> like where are we supposed to be at? What time is it right yeah, now? Yeah, what time is it? And we realized we were like five minutes away from breakfast. So we were like, well, we're just going to stay here until breakfast. And then we like run up the hill and kind of jog up like we just got finished running. Like everybody not else. sweating so like, like everybody we're like, else. So like, guys, it's breakfast time. All right, here we go. <laughs> so then we just go to breakfast. But I mean, there's no way we could have done that. Obviously, multiple days people would have caught on. But those couple times that it happened, we're just like, yeah, all right, today's gonna be a good day. <laughs> Didn't in 2010 you all just basically stopped doing PT with the core? Yeah, pretty much. So we were kind of divas in 2010 about it, but in our minds it made sense. And actually, think, looking back I on it now, I still think it makes sense. I still think it makes sense, especially for percussionists or drummers that are not having to. Uh, exactly use the airflow that the horn players are yeah we don't need the lung capacity if you're in the current crown drum line and you guys are running every morning you should listen to this so 2010 uh for some reason that year more so than 2009 we went on longer runs in the morning and we would run like a couple miles and at the end of it we're just done like we're we're tired like man i just ran two miles like i'm done and like the rest of our days, our rehearsal, our morning block, our afternoon block, we'd just be tired and exhausted. And we'd play like crap and we just wouldn't have the energy. So finally we complained uh, to the staff enough about like how tired we were all the time. And not it didn't allow us to drum as well as we wanted to because we were just worn out. So they basically like gave in like, fine, all right. Instead of running, we'll just do PT with the drum line. We'll do crunches and ab core work Mm -hmm. planks uh we'll stretch we'll do like lower body lunges and squats uh to build up leg muscles and stuff like that and flexibility and honestly that makes perfect sense for (laughs) a battery because again we don't need the lung capacity a horn line member does a drum line member in drum corps is going to get the lung capacity and the endurance they need to do their show just from rehearsal i mean i got that from doing vis block exactly you're going to get enough enough 
cardiovascular I, yeah. endurance from vis block, from rehearsal, from ensemble, from battery sectionals. You don't need to go run three miles. But we were we doing just, just the, we were doing like the leg lifts and calf raises and squats. And, and that probably lunges. helped you all more than running. And we played way better those days. So they kept, they allowed us to keep doing. We didn't run the rest of the tour. I think we ran like one week and that was That's it. awesome. So if you and Frankie Cummings, who's on Crown staff now, was a part of that revolution. So you guys just remind Frankie of that if he they're making you run every morning. <laughs> Sorry, Frankie, but it is what it is. But I still will stand by that I don't think that drumline members need to run as much as hornline members do. I mean, there were kids in the drumline that like smoke cigarettes and stuff. So like, yeah, you don't. <laughs> there's people. There's people in the hornline. Yeah, that smoke cigarettes. whatever. So we had like a little coup against the the biz uh, staff. We're like, well, no, we're running in the morning. No, put my fist down. One thing we did at Blue Coats was really cool. The PT guy we had for spring tra- for all of tour rather was his name was Micah. It was one of those two years where Tim was the visual caption head. Uh, it was two years, three years. Uh, he was there t- at least... 12 and 13 for sure. Maybe 11, 12, 13. I don't think he did 11 because Tim Fairbanks He was, was there in 11. He was working with the drumline. He, was with still. The, he may have been with the drumline, not on Bishtap, but he was with them. All right, well, his, his buddy Micah, and this guy was a power lifter, like super strong, just a, just a great guy. He's really smart, and I would always joke with him because I had started to learn about fitness at that point, and I always told him before we go up for PT, I'm like, Micah. None of this makes sense. The human body has to recover. We can't, he goes, he goes. I know. He goes, I take it into account with what I have you guys do. And him and I would always laugh, like how the drum corps activity goes against the fitness knowledge and <laughs> like science. Like recovery. Because the human body has to recover to get stronger. So you basically never get stronger on tour. You just build endurance runner's muscle the whole time, and you survive. And that's why people gain 15 pounds when they get back within two weeks of tour being over. But so he, um, one day during spring training... Uh, he, he beat us up muscle-wise harder in spring training than he did on tour because we were sleeping in beds every night. Like, we had a little more downtime every week. Like, we got a block off or, like, laundry blocks and all this stuff. But he, he brought one of those sleds. That yeah, you, yeah, you push. You put plates on yeah, and you yeah. push. And we, did a, we ended a day one day. Um, we would do, like, cardio PT in the morning and then do, like, stretching and strength building at night before we went to bed. And so we had done some calf stuff after ensemble, and then he said, "All right, guys, I got a surprise for you in the parking lot." And he had a weight sled. Nice. And we like I've never like, used one of those. They're pretty cool. And he, we were like yelling and stuff, and like pushing a sled up and down these hills, and we had races and stuff, and that was really cool. It was tiring as all hell, but uh, that was just something pretty cool that we uh, we got to do there. Yeah, I'm, f- I'm a firm believer in that. Like if we had just. Uh... Like we did in 2010, more in 2009, like ran, ran less. Like we pretty much ran the whole show anyway. It's like, I'm running all day long. Like, can I just like yeah. not do this? But yeah, I'm, I'm, I wish that people would get more into the uh, muscle building than just like complete teardown all the time. Yep. But yeah. A lot of that muscle building needs to happen in the off season before you get there. Cause you don't have downtime. You're going to lose muscle mass. You're going to lose body fat. But the stronger the stronger you are going in, the more muscle mass on your body going into spring training, the more you're going to have left by the end of the summer, which means you're going to march better, means you're going to play better, you're going to feel better every day. Um, I know the by the end of 2010, I was, I was six feet tall, 135 pounds at the end of 2010. I could literally do nothing but march and play that show. <laughs> My hands could not play anything that wasn't in our show. I had I was just weak. I couldn't. It just had memorized how to play that music, those exercises at those tempos in that way, and march that drill while doing it. I was I was I looked like a 
like a concentration camp survivor. I w- yeah, that's how I that's weighed, how skinny uh, I was. I weighed 135 pounds at the end of the tour my second year, and you could like see my ribs and stuff. Dude, I was so skinny at the end of 2010, <laughs> I could stand up straight, and you could see every notch in my spine down my back. <laughs> oh my Usually, gosh. you have to like bend over to make yeah. them pop out. Standing up straight, shoulders pulled back, you could see every notch down my spine and my back, and I gained 15 pounds in. Two weeks, and I went back to 150, which is where I started the summer at. Yeah, yeah. But in 2012, our drill was so easy, I lost like three pounds maybe. It looked almost the same as when I got on tour. Man. I, yeah, spring training beats you down. Hopefully everybody that's uh, in spring training right now, if they're listening to this, is just powering through. I think that it's a little bit easier on them these days maybe, at least staying connected, because there's so much going on, on social media. They all got the Snapchats, and they're doing this and doing I'm that. I'm sure people bring laptops with them. Oh, yeah, and stuff bringing like. laptops. And I think a lot of the people... They probably got a few PS4s in those dorm buildings. <laughs> especially, like, people in, like, some of the higher cores are just, like, cycling through. Like, they just got out of WGI, DCI, WGI, DCI. They're just cycling through the season. So they're a little bit more prepared and in shape as far as they marched all year, almost. Mm-hmm. So it's probably a little bit easier for some of those guys. Um, some of the people in the lower tier cores are maybe going to get their experience, their first drum core taste, they're probably really getting their butt handed to them. <laughs> you know, at, at those lower ranking cores, they work, They have to work the kids way harder than the top 12 because the talent level's lower. The experience level's lower. So Dean you, and you get Casey your... and Ryan telling us stories about their first years at Glassman of like marching and stuff and like staying at G West mm. and then driving to like the Glass Bowl to rehearse and like rehearsing in that field with all that tall grass and just getting their bodies and their hands just absolutely destroyed <laughs> that sounds terrible yeah it's just not it does not sound appealing if but you, if you tell drum corps just sounds awful to the normal person that doesn't know anything about it if you did, describe if a normal person listened to this they would all go why did you do this and you pay them to do that they <laughs> yeah, exactly they don't pay you you pay them to kick the crap out of you for three months it's a twisted mentality man it's it is but that's also kind of like i feel although we paid to do it and like professional athletes don't pay to do they get paid but it's like that pain is gain type feeling you have to like if you're working out you know if you're kind of like sore the next day or like breaking muscle down that you're like kind of like happy about it like yeah that was a good workout but it's kind of like that but except in, you don't uh, get to relax until the middle of august yeah middle <laughs> you don't get to wake up and go oh i'm sore today i did work yesterday which is you like don't the, have time to be sore. It's like the exact opposite of waking up in spring training. You wake up after the season's done, and you're like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my day? I have so much time for activities. Here's the real question. It just popped into my head. Did you ever clean your dr- your jug during spring training? They yeah. They had those jug cleaning stations? Yeah. I don't think I did it once at Blue Stars. I don't think I cleaned my jug until like the middle of tour. I did because it was so easy. Like At the end Blue, of the day. Blue coats I did because they had it right next to the food truck. Yeah. I don't even remember if they had. We had three tubs. You had, we had tubs at Blue Coats, but I don't remember like jug cleaning tubs yeah, we during spring cleaning, training at yeah, Blue Stars. For sure. I don't know how we didn't get sick. And like you, the first tub is like complete soap, and then and the then second tub is water. like the rinse off, and then the third tub is just like to get it completely cleared. Yeah. One of them was bleach. Yeah, maybe that was the first one. Was I bleach. think the first one was bleach, then you go to soap water, and then you go to regular water to rinse everything off. Or they had a hose or something yeah, at yeah. the end you would rinse it all off with. But I would clean mine out all the time, yeah. And then at night, I'd open up the lid so that it wouldn't yes. just, like, mold. <laughs> that was 
You always empty it out and open the lid up and don't leave the lid on and closed. Our um, dorms were super nice, so like we got to like have it was two person dorm rooms, so it's just you and one other person. That's how blue coats was too. You got to sleep on a bed instead of on a gym floor. Or a concrete floor. Or a concrete floor, yeah. So that was quite uh and like the dorms all had like common areas, so like during the night times during after snack, we'd go down and watch like what was going on on TV. Like for instance, right now there's probably dudes going down after block and watching NBA finals. That's what we do. That's what we did. 2012, we watched LeBron play um, during the finals. He's still playing all the time. Yeah, when well, we're done recording this right now, we're gonna go watch hopefully Game seven. Hopefully the Cavs beat the Celtics. Yeah, or I'm I'm on, I'm on board with LeBron. I, I I'm not gonna vote against LeBron. He's got my vote of confidence. I actually looked earlier. As we've been recording this, and he had like twelve of the first sixteen points, so he's gonna do his he's thing. Gonna, he's, gonna, <laughs> he's gonna have a good night. But uh, I'm trying to think, do we have anything else? I feel like you and I got really excited during this and got talked really fast <laughs> and loud. So hopefully, when I go back and well, there's funny stuff that happens during spring tra- uh, spring training. It's just yeah, it you sucks, to, but you, you have to, I feel like there's so many stories that happen there. You too. have to embrace the suck. That's like the mantra, the mantra or the motto of spring training. Just embrace like the, the suck. Embrace the suck. You're all going through it. Word of the wise. Never once be that guy or girl that always says how hot it is outside. Yeah. I was guilty. Nobody wants to hear that. I was guilty of that a few times in 2010. And that, I realized that by the end of the training, I was like, I need to stop complaining. I need to stop doing this. I need to stop stating the obvious because everyone knows it's hot. Don't remind them. I didn't complain about how being tired or being hot. Although we did complain about the running. But I complained a little bit more than I would have liked looking back. In 2012, I did not. 10, because I'd done it before. I didn't 12, complain at all in 09, actually, because I didn't know any better. I was just like, oh, this is what drum corps is. I was just weak. <laughs> I, was like, right, I was flat out just weak. I was inexperienced, didn't know what I was doing. I was, I'd never been pushed that hard or even close to that at any point in my life. So I, I had to get the suck and the wuss kicked out of me, basically. And that was part of that process for me. But just word of the wise, don't be that guy or girl that says it constantly says it's how hot it is outside because everybody already knows. Yeah, it's not gonna. It's summertime. It's unless you're in San Antonio right now, your summer for every other court it's only gonna get hotter. <laughs> so they're gonna, I, dude. I must. They must like when they go from their first housing site that's not in Texas. Be like, oh my gosh, this I could wear is a so hoodie great. outside. <laughs> yeah. That's what Vanguard's doing right now. They're rehearsing in like Oregon. Well, or the something. troopers they're, are in Wyoming. They're like it's all like wearing like long sleeves and yeah. You got the mountains in the background. <laughs> Must be nice. Must be nice. I'm trying, I don't think I have anything else. I think I told, told talked about how we we fell at various points. Uh, the random bull crap you have to put up with throughout spring training. How you forget about it uh, by the end of the summer and you're like all excited for next season. And then you get back and you just go, shit. Dude, once you leave spring training though, it's like... Awesome. It's like... Phase one is complete, like, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I get to get out in the real world again. We, we only have we get to, to rehe- see people on show days. We only have to rehearse for like five hours. Yeah, I'm gonna see people. I'm gonna Not- do shows. Maybe see some people I know and get to actually perform this thing that I've been grinding to do for the last month. Yeah, it's it's a good payoff. It's a good payoff. That's why everybody keeps coming back. But uh, I don't think I've got anything else. Do you want to talk a little bit about real quick uh, this season coming up? Do we know anything about any cores? I know some show titles have been released, but I don't want to spend. I don't. Really it's mostly show titles, and I can't. Over the years, like I've seen people announce their show titles, and be like, "Oh, that sounds stupid." And then you see their show, and like, "Man, that was sweet." Or you hear a show title, and like, "Oh man, I'm I'm so excited to see this." And then you like see what it is, and you're like, "Eh, it's all right." Mm-hmm. So I try not to get too 
Yeah, and we, I don't know, elated one way or the and other. we don't really but. have any inside information. We don't know anything. So we literally would just be telling you the show titles, which you can go look up online. I've um, seen some of the cores announce like, the music that they're playing, which Boston Crusaders are playing the Sensamaya chart, which was in our 09 Crown show. That's cool. And it was my favorite chart that I've marched and played in my entire marching career. That'll be cool. So I'm excited to see what they do with it, uh, see it and hear it. Hopefully they do it up, which I'm sure that they will. Um, Hopefully their drums aren't as choked off as they were last year. <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Uh, but yeah, as far as like having an opinion on who I think will be good or I mean, I think crown's going to be good. The drum line's going to be good. We've seen a few flow marching clips on Instagram and things like that. And there's dirt because they're playing really fast and hard stuff. It's also not June yet. And it's also like the second week of spring training. <laughs> and some of their staff, like they were friends with, seen their Snapchat videos and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that the people who are usually good will be good again, and there'll probably be a couple cores that come out and surprise you. I'm like, dang, man, good for them. Did there end up being any significant staff changes anywhere? I feel like all, all the caption heads Unfortunately, are Unfortunately, I will say no. <laughs> I feel like all the caption heads stayed at the same place. There wasn't any movement on that regard. Um, obviously, tech staff shuffles around as people finish school or can't, can't teach that summer. Um, there were some tech staff changes that I think are exciting for some groups and definitely disappointing for others because obviously the tech staff are the ones that are there every day. So I think almost it doesn't sound as, I don't know, exciting on paper when you see it, but I think some of those have the opportunity to make a bigger impact just because they're the ones teaching the kids every day. There's one, I know the one you're thinking about. In, Tommy. Uh, yeah, Tommy Rome worked, he marched blue coats when I was there and for two more seasons after that, I think. Yeah. And then he taught there as a base tech up until through last summer. And he switched. He's teaching at Crown this summer. Um, and there's some other people. Joined some people. I some think, groups like Ryan Ellis joined up with Crossman. Yep. yep he so. aged out. So Bricky brought him on to teach Crossman snare line. Um, so anybody else? I don't. I can't think of anybody else we know of that's teaching elsewhere now. Uh, Obviously, there were, there were yeah. other tech changes that we don't know about, but... The Tommy keep... Rome one stands out as one that could be impactful, positive, and or... Who replaced him at Blue Coast? Do we know? I have no idea. I don't know either. So. I'm sure they found somebody good. They're, that caliber of group, I'm sure they've got someone to come right in and that's really good at it. So we'll just see what happens. We'll, uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks, and uh, two weeks from now, we might actually try to... Because the Blue Coast spring training is not at um, Denison in... Ohio. Granville, Ohio, yep. Northern Ohio. It's five and a half hours from Louisville. It's in at Indiana Wesleyan University, which is only three hours from Louisville. So we may before or they leave there. Evan might come. Might be able to check some of that. Come out. up and him and I drive up there for the day and check out some battery sectionals and then watch ensemble that night and then talk get to talk to our friends that are still working there a little bit about how it's been going and maybe a few Instagram videos and stuff of of them playing. And then we'll uh, just kind of wing it from there. There's yeah. some people that we want to try to hook up with and sit down with, but schedules, trying to get them to align. A lot of the people we want to hook up with and talk to are On teaching, <laughs> are teaching drum corps right now. So uh, there's one actually, well, we know we're going to sit down with him at some point, so I'll say his name. And Jared Andrews. Yeah, he's he moved back to Kentucky. He said he'd like to sit down with us, but he works with Blue Devil still. So, so he'll be on and off tour throughout the summer with them as well. Yeah. But uh, he's... He's been out in California with the Blue Devils and RCC. He marched BD, right, with, with Tim Jackson. He's got right? a different flavor because he marched uh, cadets for a couple of years. And he marched Blue Devils. So he'll be interesting to talk to. And he's, he taught out in Cali for so long. I think he's going to have a really interesting perspective and shed light on certain things the Blue Devils do. It's or just the culture in, out west, man. Yeah. So, But he's from randomly right outside of Louisville, Kentucky. 
Yep. How that works out, I don't know. But so hopefully in the next episode or two will be his our sit down with him. But uh, again, please subscribe. Keep telling your friends. The support's been great. Getting positive feedback from everybody. Um, follow us, Aged Out Podcast on Instagram. One word, uh, Aged Out Podcast uh, with spaces in there on Facebook. Uh, shouldn't be easy to shouldn't be hard to find. And then we'll just be back in a couple weeks. We're going to go watch the basketball game. Yep. Peace. He almost forgot this time.